Good morning to you. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the awaking from sleep that needs to be done so that you can utilize the gifts that God has given you. I want to talk to you about utilizing your gifts for God and what he's given you to help the kingdom be furthered here on the earth. But not just that, what else he's done for you on the earth that you owe back to him. Essentially, we owe our life to God, and it's not just a service for ourselves, but we owe everything to him. Though he doesn't account it to us as a cost, we have been uh, burdened with the responsibility of our talents and our gifts that he's given us so that we can rise to a level that he can utilize us. This is going to be a great episode today. Grab a Bible, grab a notepad, maybe take some notes, grab a cup of coffee and sit back and let's get into the word this morning. I've got six points for you and we're going to dive into it. Point number one is you were called for such a time as this. The times that we live in and that you are here in them is no mistake. You being in the times that you're in. I don't care if things change from the time that you were 10 years old to the time that you're 40 years old or the time that you're 60 years old. If things change, you were born to be in the times that you're in presently right now. It's very important to realize that, that this is not just a random place in the existence of humanity and the planet that you're just blobbed here and there's nothing for you to really do. And you're kind of out of your place and you really should have been born in the Renaissance time, but you're born in today. No, you're born for this time specifically. God has duties for you. God has responsibilities for you. God has assignments for you to carry out while you're here on the earth. But importantly, you have gifts and callings that he's given you that are relevant for society today. Have you ever thought about that? That you have specific gifts, specific callings for the people and the places that you go in today's society, in, in the workplace, the shopping experiences, the school systems, the churches, everything that is happening right now, presently where you are, you're called for this specific time. It's not for another time. And I know a lot of people think, well, things have changed so much and I'm, I'm out of touch with everything. You're not out of touch. You might be lazy. You might be lazy with, you know, getting to know certain things and certain dynamics of what's going on in our world today. And I'm not, I'm not, that's not a jab. I'm not making fun of you, but that's what people seem to think. Well, things were so different when I was younger and, and they were for me too. I'm not, I'm not considered what I would consider old, but I've been young and I'm older than I was. And things have changed significantly since I was a kid, since the nineties, through the early 2000s and even in, from from 2020 till now things have dramatic, dramatically dramatic, drastically changed from the time that uh covid happened till we where we are now things have majorly changed and the same thing has happened in your life but that doesn't mean that you're out of touch with what's happening now you're very in touch in fact god has called you for this specific time, I want to read you, if you'll turn with me into the book of Esther in the Old Testament, if you'll go to maybe easy place to find his Proverbs or Psalms and then back up from there, you'll find it in the Old Testament. Esther, go to the fourth chapter. I want to read you a verse out of this, but let's go to point two really quick. Point two is that you need to throw caution to the wind when it comes to your gifts and callings to be utilized by God to the highest capacity. It's important that you throw, you completely throw caution to the wind. You don't allow your thoughts and feelings of where of your inadequacies to dictate to you how far you go with God. 
what level you go to with God, what extent God can use you to. Don't ever let your you, what you think are your inadequacies dictate how far you go in life because it's not by your ability in the first place. It's by God's might and by God's power that you can do things. It's not by might, not nor by power. It's by the spirit. And so you've got to, you've got to adapt to leaning on God, not just your gifts and callings, but you have gifts and callings. You have special, let me exhort you for just a second. You have individualized unique gifts and callings that God has placed on and in your life for other people. You do not just me, not just people that sit behind a microphone. People every day have a gift and have a calling and have a talent that is made. God has placed in you and made to help and benefit, not just people, but the kingdom of God. It is there to help people, but it's there to benefit the kingdom of God. And it's your job to pull out of you these gifts, these callings, these unique talents that you have. Uh, And and one of those points, like I just said, is to throw caution to the wind. Don't restrict yourself based on what you think of yourself. Sometimes we have the, the hardest, lowest sometimes opinion of our own selves. And the reality is God thinks highly. We know what the scripture says. God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So if his thoughts are higher and he thinks of us, he must think higher of us than we think of ourselves. He had to, because even in our darkest place, he sent his one and only something he only had one of. He sent his most precious gift, his one and only son. He sent him to die to, to regain you back into the family. So you're extremely valuable. And the gifts and talents that you have are extremely valuable and need to be nurtured and utilized for the kingdom of God. So turn into Esther, uh, the fourth chapter. And I want to give you some context for time's sake so we don't spend a lot of time because we could read this whole book. It's a very, I mean, I read it yesterday and it's, you know, the whole book of Esther is powerful. But for time's sake, I'm just going to paraphrase a lot of what's happened in this book and then get right to the scripture I want to go to. But uh, Esther was chosen from a group of people to marry the king and became his queen. In that time, her, who happened to be her cousin, Mordecai, who raised her because her parents had died when she was young, Mordecai was Jewish, Esther was Jewish, and they kept that quiet. But when, uh, long story short, when Mordecai found out one of the king's main people, Hamar, was going to murder the Jews, wanted to extinguish Jews because Mordecai wouldn't bow to uh, the regular protocols that the king had. uh, He wanted to extinguish the Jews. Interesting how this has happened through time. You know, I want to touch on this just for a second. I have to. The reality that people think that this Israel and, and Palestinian war is an equal parts evil are very deceived. And when I say deceived, I mean deceived. I don't mean confused. I don't mean ignorant. They are deceived because the Jewish people are not on the attack of anybody. Whereas the Palestinian people, they are on attack. They're looking to extinguish Jewish people. That's not the goal of the Israelites. The Israelite people are not looking to extinguish a a type of people, a national people, a a group of people. They're not trying to get rid of anybody. 
the Jewish people, the Israelites, they're trying to preserve the Holy Land that God has given them, walk in the favor and protect their Holy Land. And when fought against, they're defending themselves and going back to rescue that which was taken from them, which is their people. They're, that, and if you don't think that that's biblical, well, God sent Moses into Egypt to take back who, was, who he was, the captive people of, of Egypt, the Jews. The Israelites, he, he made them, he sent him to bring them back. That's all that they're doing. And to think that this is an evil war on both sides is very deceptive. That's very, you're deceived to think that because it's not the case whatsoever. Israel is a chosen people. And you know, the reality of it is the Palestinian people could come to the knowledge of Christ, but they don't choose to. And the, the truth of the matter is when the Jewish people are in any place, including in this book of Esther, People want to extinguish the Jews because of who they are. I've told, I've said this on a previous podcast that the Jewish people have favor from God. They are God's favored people and they are special people in God's eyes. The Bible talks about it. They're the, they're, that's the place that land is where Jesus will return when he comes back to the earth. And to think that the Jewish people are constantly under this barrage of attack. It's happened through society. It's happened in our generation. This has happened not only once in our generation, but you could say in the past uh, century, this has happened where there's a mass genocide of Jewish people. And this was happening in this time. And more, so long story short, Mordecai uh, didn't bow to the king. The, the king's men wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And uh, Esther uh, didn't want to see the Jewish people killed because that's her people. And so she told the king, after the king said to her, you can have anything you want to have up to half of my kingdom. You can have anything you want to have, but, but up to half the kingdom, but you tell me it's going to happen. Anything you tell me, I'm going to make it happen. And she asked for the murder of the man that called the genocide of the Jewish people and they hung him. And this story is about that. And I want to read you what happened up until that point where the Jews were being murdered in this time and Esther spoke up. She used her place to speak up. Listen to this in verse 14. Esther chapter 4, verse 14. For if you remain completely silent, this is Mordecai to uh, Esther. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let me keep reading. Then Esther told him to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So there was caution was thrown to the wind. Consequences were thrown to the wind. She used her position Think about what, what Mordecai threw a messenger to Esther, but what Mordecai is saying to Esther, you may have been placed here in this kingdom for this specific time. I don't know. It's like he was seeing insight spiritually through a way that he couldn't understand in his own mind. He's saying, uh, it seems like Esther that you were born for this specific time. It seems like you were placed here to do, and, and mind you, Esther, if you don't do this, if you don't speak up, someone else is going to speak up. 
That's what he's saying to her. If someone, if you don't do this, someone else is going to. But it seems like you were placed in the place that you're in for this specific time. And I'm here to tell you this morning. This what this is. That's what this devotional is about. Is to tell you you're placed where you are for this specific time. I believe every job that you've ever had, every encounter with a stranger you've ever had. You know, for me, uh, every Uber ride I've ever been in in my life, every encounter I've had with a salesperson or someone that I've come in contact with, or in ministry, someone I've come in contact with, I have been placed at this time for at this place and this time for specifically this mission. And I think the same thing for you, I believe, based on the word. Now, we're not in the place that Esther is. I'm not taking this out of context and putting you into the position that Esther's in. I'm saying to you, if God's going to use people at specific times, there's multiple examples. This was just a great one of Esther. If God's going to use people in the time that they're in, God's going to use you now in the time that you're in. You just have to be receptible, uh, uh, receiving of it and open to what God's going to use you to do. Probably one of the biggest problems is people don't pay attention to what God's called them to do. Let me get to point number three real quick. Point number three, it's time to stand out with what you do. Be used by God. Stand out with what you do. And I think a lot of people aren't even aware of what their gifts and callings are in the first place, and they don't exercise them. I'll tell you a great way to find out what you're called and gifted to go and do, and that's to walk into a church and and offer your services, meaning anything. Offer yourself, I should say, not just your services. Offer yourself to that ministry to help them in any capacity that they need. That's one of the greatest ways that you can build your, excuse me, build yourself up to be who God's called you to be is by offering yourself to a local church and giving of yourself to that local church. You will, you will sharpen and equip yourself with with the gifts and callings that God's given you. Uh, Not just equip yourself. You will begin to hone those skills within that ministry. Turn to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter chapter five, you will begin to sharpen and hone the skills that God has given you when you go into a local church in a ministry. I've, it's happened in my life. I've seen it happen in so many others' lives that the, the place that God places you in is not by accident. The church that you're involved in is not by accident. There's so much you can do to help a local church to further that ministry. That is that is the body of Christ in multiple places, but that is the body of Christ is connecting to a local church. Turn to Matthew verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and you glorify the Father in heaven. So this is the epitome of what your gifts and callings are for, is so that others can see your good works, your good works, not my good works. There'll be people around me to see my good works. There's people around you daily to see your good works. I'll give you a great example of this. I'm a soul winner at heart. I've been born uh, born again for, for years. And one of the things that never leaves me is the heart of a soul winner. If I ride in an Uber, for example, I don't get out of that Uber without making sure that the driver of that Uber has heard from me 
the opportunity to make heaven or choose hell. And I'm going to make sure every person I come in contact in that private setting, hears that opportunity for me. And it, 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 you know, that's one of the easiest things that you can do. You have a captive audience in that setting and asking the right questions. It's very, very simple to do. But my point is I refuse to allow that opportunity to pass me up. That's something I've had on my heart for many years since Uber, you know, has come out. That's something that's been pressed on me to do is to find out if that person that's driving that vehicle is going to make heaven or not before I get out of that vehicle. And I want to tell you, there's so many opportunities for you other than just a, a car ride with somebody in your workplace in your encounters with different people and strangers on a daily basis to let your light shine, especially where you work. So many people work in an environment where they're there for 8, 10, 12 hours out of their day, maybe longer in some cases. You can minister and take time to pour out of you who you are to other people and make sure that the light that's in you shines on them. God's given us these gifts. He's given us these callings to utilize for other people to be helped. Uh, Point number four, use and exercise the gifts and callings given to you. Turn to Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, use the gifts and the callings that have been given to you. Ephesians chapter two, I believe verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. So what were you saved for? What were you created in Christ Jesus for? You've been recreated. You've been renewed. You've been restored. You've not been recreated just for selfish reasons. There is a benefit to you. You have access to heaven now. You get heaven when you receive Jesus. But he said you've been recreated in Christ Jesus for the reason of your good works works effort well i'm not saved by we're not talking about being saved we're past that and so many people try to do that they try to diminish when it comes to them having to put work and effort into things well the bible doesn't say that i get saved by my works you know i'm saved by grace through faith that we're not talking about being saved we're talking about the reason you were saved is now there's time to put effort and work into things i know that's a that's probably a dirty word is work and effort and putting effort into things, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now that's for us to be saved for us to work and show these good works for others to be saved as well. It's not just for us to hold selfishly. And that's not the only thing it is either. It's not just winning someone to the Lord, like witnessing to someone and and praying a prayer with them, though that is included in it. This includes what may seem like to some people meaning meaningless tasks or menial tasks, seemingly small tasks, but that's they're not small whatsoever as long as they're benefiting the kingdom of God. If you run a camera at a church, if you run a vacuum at a church, if you help a child at a church in the children's ministry, if you're serving in any capacity at a local church, that's a major impact on the kingdom of God. Any one of those, and that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not limiting it to the things that I just listed, but any capacity that you put your hand to a plow in the church is a major impact to the kingdom of God. Sit back where you are right now and listen, listen to this question and answer it within yourself. What am I doing for the kingdom of God? I know that you're in the kingdom of God. You may be, you may not be, but you may be saved. You may be born again. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? 
What are you doing to benefit God's kingdom? Remember what it says in Matthew 6 and 33, to seek first the kingdom, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things that he listed in Matthew 6 previously to that verse. All these things will be added to you. Powerful. The fact that you focusing on God's things, he begins to turn his attention to your things. That's something we have to pay attention to. And your gifts and callings need to be utilized. Point number five, there will likely be resistance in the area that you are gifted in. There will likely be resistance in the area that you're gifted in. So when you're gifted in a certain area, there's probably going to be something that causes you to have some, I don't want to say turmoil, but it's going to cause you to have some potential difficulties in accomplishing those things that you're called to do. Here, I'll tell you why. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Therefore, I, I remind you, this is Paul to Timothy, to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, which through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so this tells me, though Paul's talking to Timothy here, If he's warning Timothy, and this was written for us, the church today, what warnings is he giving Timothy that we can apply to our life? That God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's not given you a a spirit of calamity. He's not given you a a spirit of of, of being afraid of, of certain things, of being nervous about the outcome of things being anxious, being stressed. God's given you spirit, a a sound mind. He's given us power and love, and he's, he's given us the ability to withstand resistance against anything that we do. So think about anything that you do in your life and there's resistance against it. It's hard to do. It's hard to accomplish. There's like, seems like there's barriers against it. Doesn't mean that it's not God's will. You know, just because something's difficult doesn't mean it's not God's will for it to happen. There may be resistance against it. Remember, you have an enemy. You have someone working against you 24-7. You know, Mark Cuban used to say that, run your business. I won't say the word that he says, but he uses a foul word. Um, and But he said, work like someone is trying to take your business away from you 24-7. When you start a business, pretend or in the, because really there is. Work like someone is trying to take what you have 24-7. And if Christians, if we would put that mentality on, that there's someone working against my family, there's someone working against my business, there's someone working against my prosperity, there's someone working against my peace, there's someone working against my health constantly, 24-7. Someone is working 24-7 to take those things away from me. And it's not a person. It's an enemy. There is a enemy against your soul that's working against you. Of course, there may be some resistance, but God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He didn't give you a mind of fear, a mind to be afraid. He gave you a mind of of power, of love, and and a sound, structured, solid, anchored mind to be able to carry out the gifts and callings that he's placed inside of you. Point number six, this is not just for you. It's not just for you. It's for God and his kingdom. Not just for you. It's for God and his kingdom. Last verse. Let's turn to 1 Peter. You've been such a trooper today. We've been going through so many different verses. 1 Peter chapter 2. Or no, that's not right. 1 Peter chapter 4, rather. 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll go to verse 10. So it's not just for you. 
These gifts are not just for you. They're for the kingdom of God as well as you. It includes you, but it's not only for you. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to another, uh, to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak. So now he, Peter begins to say, if you do these certain things, do it to a high level. Do it to the best level that you can. In fact, I think we talked about that in, in point number four. Use and exercise the gifts and callings God has given to you. Uh, and point number three, it's time to stand out with what you do to be used by God. Stand out with what you do. Be seasoned with salt. Be different. Be everything that God's called you to be. Utilize these gifts and callings that God's placed in your life to be the highest level with them as you possibly can. He said, if anyone speaks, if that's what you do, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability with which God supplies. So it's not just relying on your ability to, to carry out your gifts and your talents and your callings that God's, you've got to lean on God to use them to the highest capacity that you possibly can. You should constantly be growing in these things. If you don't, if you don't see growth in these areas, I can guarantee you one thing. You're not utilizing them because what's going to happen is if you utilize gifts and callings that you have in your life, you're going to begin to see areas that you're weak in. You're going to begin to see areas that you fall short in. And there's no other way when using your gifts and callings, when you fall short to grow, than to continue utilizing your gifts. So you have to continue utilizing them. And so to not utilize the gifts and callings that God's placed on you and to just sit back and relax in life means you're not growing and you're certainly not using them to the high. Think about what Mordecai said to Esther. If you don't, someone else will. If you don't, someone else will. And that was in their case. He was saying that to her. I'm not saying that to you is going to be absolutely true, that if you don't reach the people that you reach, someone else will. Hopefully that's the case. It could possibly and very likely won't be the case because you're in the purpose and the places and the things that you do on purpose. Uh, continue on. If anyone ministers, let him do, do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. So that the work that we do, the work that you do, can glorify God. It recognizes, people would recognize and say, wow, this is above and beyond. Now, they may not react specifically that way, but people are going to see you and look at you and realize this is not someone who can do this of their own ability. They're doing things at a high level. If you ever see someone doing something at an extreme high level, most of the time, I'm not going to say every time, but most of the time you see someone performing things at an extremely high level in their life, it's because they're relying on a higher power and that's Jesus and his power that's been bestowed to you. And you do that and it glorifies God. It brings recognition to God and his ability. Hope this helps you today. We're out of time. I love you. Be blessed today. Be sure to share this post, like it, and tell other people about it. And if you like these, like I said, be sure to subscribe and leave comments. And uh, be sure to participate in anything we do on the channel. It's very helpful to getting the word out to other people. But I love you, thankful for you, and I'll see you on the next broadcast. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.